Welcome to the Anomalous Press Podcast, Issue 6, Episode 1. To kick off our sixth issue, we're featuring Around the Bone, a memoir by Rebecca Ann Sorge, and Here, There by Valerie Arvidson. And don't forget to check us out on anomalouspress.org, where you can read the full issue or download the audiobook, Kindle, or PDF versions. We hope you enjoy. Around the Bone, a memoir by Rebecca Ann Sorge. Protoconch, mostly composed in darkness, mostly a footnote of itself, mostly a microcosm distilled. Fallen but not fallow, I discovered the shell at low tide, organic, mathematically sound. Hear the rumble. Hold it close to your ear. Listen. Apex. After it was over, we went outside and walked. I counted the sirens and called it solidarity. I cut my foot on a branch and called it empathy. Statistics splintered, fractal as the nature of the tornado outbreak, existing inside of the event. There was no light in the shower later but the beam from a flashlight. I spun the steam into tiny vortices with my fingertips, poetic and dilated to match the vortex of the tornado, this a microcosm, this, a ghost. It begins at a peak. It has been bleached by the sun. There is a hole sprouting from its point, fallow but not empty. Listen. Alabama on April 27th. Sticky green pollen falling dense as fact, rising heavy as ash, coated in the stuff. If we stop to turn back, it might not be true anymore. Spire. Quarrel. Caked with plaster and outwardly in a dusty way, we had become the center of the world. Electricity in the absence of itself, pointing into us continuously. Heaps of normalcy contained by guarded barriers at night, during the day, in camouflage. I wasn't there to hear it. My sister heard it. My living room took in its light, changed in its shadow, became it inwardly near the chair where I would sit and say, this light seems wrong. Are the reflections upside down on upside down cars? The metal was twisted where it had become separated from its referent. I contained these events only as a matter of context seem to have paid attention to the wrong bits of the disaster, the odds and ends, that tree, complete, silver roof growing from its shredded trunk. Bear with me. Suture. I turn the shell over and over in my palm. The periostracum is shredded, hangs in soggy wisps of matter from the bone. Static vortex in the act of condensation, emblem of form, Mirror of the ways in which we wrap our skins around the wound. Quarrel. What ends up getting rebuilt after a tornado is not the seed of it, the cause of it, the marrow. What ends up rebuilding is the proliferation of dump trucks in a dry spell at the end of May. It seemed to be so much grander on the radar, snapping power lines as though reclaiming lightning or... When the heaps are cleared, there is only civilization lying fallow. 
A narrative implies creation implies purpose. There is very little in writing to imply redemption. I began looking into my body to rebuild a city that was never mine. I pulled splinters out of myself as large as mattresses and larger. What goes wrong goes wrong in those moments preceding itself and those which come after. If it is June and there is no more pollen to be lifted from the wind-swept ruins, then the things to go wrong go wrong primarily inside of themselves. When the losing begins, it rolls downhill. The X's painted on buildings are benign if one of the quadrants contains a zero. Nothing found is nothing lost, and when the nothing begins growing, it can only refer to itself. Suture. What goes on growing then suddenly stops. What calcifies? What hardens and becomes factual? What is forgotten? Though I wash the shell in seawater, I can't be sure it is empty, that it contains only my wanting of it. Quarrel. What gets wrapped around the bone? What sinew? What itch? There is skin in the way the sun rises up over stripped trees. There is skin in stagnation where mosquitoes nest and swarm. The horizon a melodrama of itself. Naked and limbless tree stalks inside of a winter, inside of a snow globe, inside of a tomb. Dust devils spring like ghosts from abandoned construction sites on the hottest days, when there were parts of town to go to and not others. We learned the less disruptive routes. When we passed truckloads of warped and shrunken cars, we turned our faces. Simultaneously, things happen. Things dig their fingernails in, sullen, low. The name for those things is spelled out in the flyers, littering surviving mailboxes, sent like medicine by concerned psychologists. What gets wrapped around the bone is the not knowing, sown in those first dark moments between interpretations of gone. What is gone is being rebuilt. What is wrong is inside of itself, is a lack of, a future of. What is wrong is a matter of context, the view through a leveled wall, the jeep upside down on that lawn, the firefighter's voice rushing downhill. There is a reason we're here. What is wrong is the nothing to be done. Observing the cadaver dogs led grimly alongside our bodies. You have to leave right now. A flurry of inward turnings. Suture. At its base, at its root, a hole broadening, the promise of a dense body to fill the void. I throw the shell back into the sea where it sinks slowly, drowns. Body whorl. A resolution is not in sight. One resolution, a revolution, perpetually echoing after. What gets lost inside itself is not a matter of accumulating statistics, is not the implications carved into the differentiation of EF4 and EF5, is not a matter of what lurked below the shell of a bedroom on which I felt myself grow hollow. What gets lost interrupts the stasis, as context, as a mechanical creation process leading nowhere. 
To exist in the aftermath is a kind of subtraction, is building order out of emptiness, is feigning the desire to maintain the status quo. After it was over, we went outside and walked. When we reached the boundary of order, we retreated. A proliferation of echoes, signifying nothing but noise, prompting me to pick up my pen for the first time after 26 days, to set it down again. We went in search of food, and when we couldn't find any, we showered in the darkness of our uninjured bathrooms. The next morning, we came in waves to the edge of the world, from which we were turned away, my whole body clinging to itself, asserting that this was never my story. It occurs simultaneously, the confusion and resulting holes in the narrative. Scattered hours have gone missing, during which I sank into a haze by the window. Outside, the National Guard arrived in camouflaged Humvees and helicopters. After a while, we stopped asking ourselves to memorize our location. I no longer know which memories I meant to keep and which are incidental. What objects in the stew of leveled neighborhoods were more meaningful than others? I no longer remember what happened inside of myself, what shifted, what clung to my gut like a raised root. The things to go wrong continued to go wrong, the processes playing out internally. What continued was the dissolution of syntax in each load of debris plowed to the sides of the roads like snow. And those last moments in front of the live broadcast being struck by the grace of the vortex. It seemed to be a great gray dancer, a silent sweeping eye. Because I could not hear the rumble, I imagined the noise as purring, followed by soft silence. Outer lip. The periostracum is wrapped around the bone of the shell, is what shelters, what holds, the gauze which allows the story to go on growing. The first thing to be ripped away from a fallow shell at high tide. Without it, I am dancing to a false echo, to a homeless monologue, a torn image of a span of three blocks, which is an inversion of itself. What, then, can cradle the afterimage of my hazy memory? Aperture. The things to go wrong become visceral, static, embedded in the atmosphere of that airless room. The dark underbelly reeks of the rotting food flung out of refrigerators and into the muggy heat. Halved mattresses stirred here with thousands of mismatched shoes. We came to salvage a friend's belongings. We came to dig deep into the shade of the afterimage. What we saw swept out of us, the dust from a crumbled plaster wall ground into the fabric of my shoe. We lifted up in silence into the air for days. I continued to pick up my pens and throw them aside. On bad nights, I dreamt I was carrying a baby who was continuously lost, who was born and ran off into a forest, who would not come after days of labor. I continued to pick up my pens. I continued to watch the dump trucks like an elegy. On the phone with my mother, I just need some time to float. What spreads? What proliferates? What persists but stagnation? The funnel spread underwent multiplication. I dreamed it with a thousand different faces in a thousand different ways. 
It kaleidoscoped, refused to fade. The children continued to pour half-born from my broken sleep. The interpretation of a disaster revolves, absolves no one, becomes something one can fall into, and grow stone-cold appendages from perfectly good eyes. I dreamed I was standing at the edge of the universe, beyond which there was nothing. Around the bone the nothing holds, funnels down into the soil, begins to grow. Here, There, Massachusetts, 1922-1942 a pair, a pair of girls, of women, sisters. A pair of shoes, of pearls. A piano. A pair of woolen coats. Two scenes, a stage. Broken window, broken branch. Behind the broken window is a cold basement, walls lined with wooden crates. Crates that were once full of hard things, like shoe buckles and whiskey, and tender things too, like cradles and cotton diapers. Against the wet stone, there is your father's piano, mahogany brown and upright, keys white as teeth. Perhaps the window isn't broken. Perhaps it is only coated with crackling frost. It is late November, after all. Here, in front of the basement window, Linnea, the sister head, the mad one, she holds your hand, loosely, like a doll would. Here she holds your hand, and there you hide your hand. There, in front of the woods where it is cold, where they placed you like furniture, a pair of armchairs. Maybe you warm yourself, maybe you touch lightly a small something. A yellow photograph, a scratch on your nail, a piece of grass. Do you imagine you are somewhere else, knowing full well that this is it? Your eyelids droop with languor, but your back knows something else and straightens against cold air slicing at your neck and ankles. Your shoulders straighten against guilt. You could be going to church, to a family dinner. Though it is a serious occasion, Linnea is convinced this is a game, a joke she doesn't get. Linnea does not finger anything from the past. She holds tightly to herself. Her eyes are confused about the present, about the future. Her eyes are merry, and that they are quick, skeptical. Her neck pulls away, stiffly, like a scientist's. She does not understand what a photograph is, but she suspects it is some kind of theft. She lurches like a dog, afraid of what they might take from her, what they might make her do. Here your woolen coat consumes you, and there your white legs emerge like lovely tusks, like soft swords. Your sheer pantyhose are loose, soft, scented with powder. You hide a rip above the knee. You are worried all day that the rip will show, increase. Linnea wears velveteen pumps, and you your mesh peep toes. Linnea wears her white floral pin made of ivory. She slides away, slants away. This photograph is not of her. You look straight on, holding your new leather hand purse. You sit delicately upon the fallen beech tree that is consumed by nests of lichen and mushroom blooms. 
You sit as if you belong there, in your dress clothes and overcoat, all upon the forest floor. The window isn't broken, the tree is not dead. Here sit, here stand, like a pair of animals, like a pair of twins. Give us the same hair, the same neck, the same ears. You look to see if you can find something that is yours, if the photo is of you, for you, and if so, where it has gone. You notice the white mouth behind the camera, how it twinges, the lips curling to the side, a momentary smile, a twitch. You slowly close your hand around itself, onto what's yours. Here you've been dressed. You know what's yours and what's hers. You've been told. The coat with the white buttons, the boots with the nice laces that go all the way up to the top. You look because he is your cameraman. There, those are the woods behind the house. Before you settled into your pose, you looked behind you to see deeply and try and find the edge, the other side. The trees went on forever, naked, white, and staring. You look, and you looked. Here you are five, and she is six. You are twenty-five, and she is twenty-six. You have four children. Here she loves you, she protects you, like a mindless brother. You watched her hands and walked inside them as they traveled and touched the world. Remember, your father was away. He sent a gift signed for the girls. It was a white communion dress. You did not dare to try it on to see which girl it fit, but you watched as Linnea touched the lace work, the satin underslip, the silk collar. You supped on that dress, little drunken eyefuls of that little bride dress. You dreamt of father, your eternal groom, coming home all in black wool, pulling you into his coat consuming you into his warm, quiet power. Mother put you in the white dress for a photograph you never saw, for a coming of age you cannot remember. It must be Thanksgiving, it must be a holiday, a ceremony, or a celebration. Here, put your hands together, just like that. Hold them, hold still. There, now, now you are closer. Bodies warming like burning logs, swallowing all the oxygen in the house, laughing and falling down together like ashes. Linnea crackles and chatters, and you are mute, turned gray, like a room without air. Well, that's it for our podcast this week. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please consider making a tax-deductible donation on our website. Funds go to support authors, pay for bandwidth, web hosting, and production expenses. You can also support us by rating this podcast in the iTunes store, talking about us on Twitter, or liking us on Facebook. Let us know you're out there and what you think.